This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to what can only be described as some critics have named this arguably the greatest podcast in SW19. My name is Danny Baker. This is the Wombles Had a Dream podcast by the fans, for the fans. Um, in the game, in the war of Lee Finch versus Ireland, unfortunately, Ireland were victorious. They didn't just beat France on the weekend. Um, Lee, unfortunately, is a bit poorly wally. Um, so he is currently on his bed and we wish him the very best of luck. Um, before I welcome our wonderful guest from across the pond, uh, Jonathan R, just want to send my um, condolences to uh old friend of mine, James Bruce, who's been on the pod, who um, is suffering a family bereavement at the moment. He would have loved to come on. He will be on shortly. James, I hope you're well and I'm passing my regards to you and all of the family. But without further ado, a man with no need for introduction who apparently is at the very, very end of his very, very long day. It was up at 3.15 this morning, American time. Please make a silent welcome to the one and only Jonathan Arl. How the devil are you, sir? I'm, I'm, I'm just smashing. It's just wonderful. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be better. I'm looking at all the bright sides and loving every second of it. And from, a, from a, an American hearing lots of England, English wonderful words, the smashing, the wonderfuls, is there a favour that you've kind of incorporated into your general talk or is it just a plethora of english phrases coming out from you well i you know i'm really kind of at a, I, I really struggle with that because on the one hand when i'm doing the debrief or when i'm talking to other people from england i, I try to do i try to emulate their language and do i say things like brilliant and that guy's mustard super or, <laughs> do i you know 
you know, I, I, I was in a conversation with somebody about the, the local uh, MLS team that I follow. I said, I don't think I rate him. And the, my friend looked at me and said, what? <laughs> you know, <he's, laughs> that's, that's not the way. So I don't know whether to like try to use your language or to, or if that's offensive and I should just use my own. Uh, but I do like, I do like brilliant. I like mustard. Um, must, mustard. I think mustard is excellent. Yeah. At yeah. one point I'll tell you about the dogs. Have you heard of the dogs yet? No. Okay. Um, I'll tell you that in a break. What what the well, dogs means? You you did miss on the debrief. Um, I, I tried to make a point about whether the club should tell us what the f- fees are. Ah, okay. And and I said, um, I said, well, yeah, you know, in, in while we're in the negotiating process, like we have received a bid from so and so, and we're yep. they're in discussions. And I said, that's just going to make people want to know what the bid is. Because if the bid's a million pounds, that's one thing. But if the bid is a year's supply of toad in the hole, then no. Nice. And then, and then somebody said, of all the food over here, Love you it. had to pick. Why? I'm toad such a huge hole? fan of that. I'm absolutely I've had toad in the hole because there's an English pub, Fox and Hound, in St. Louis. And they had it once. <laughs> of all of the English names for pubs, that is up there with yeah. the Red Lion. If anyone has been in a red line, you'll know what I mean. Well, there's People a there's those. a pub I love in St. Louis called the Scottish Arms, and I know that's oh. I know I know, but it's so good, it's so good. I, it's not English, but it's still good. So I'm interested, Jonathan. We've kind of drifted very quickly as we yeah. love to deviate. <laughs> you mentioned earlier about your exploits watching a local MLS team, and you yes. were talking about some of the similarities. I'm really interested. The reason why I'm interested to hear your opinion on it is obviously. Wimbledon is a relatively, um, and again, we talk about AFC Wimbledon, Wimbledon in a bit more detail later, maybe, but we talk a lot about the fan base growing, new fans, affordability. There's a big thing at the minute, you're sure you read about it, of talk about the cost of living crisis in the UK. Just curious as to where does the cost of sporting opportunity in America to go and watch it for the layman or the lay fan? Is it an affordable experience compared to us? Give us some, give us some analysis of what you perceive to be the American sporting occasion towards rather than the English one. Well, you know, it it really depends on the sport. But let's talk about football for a second here, because since my last time on the pod, I went to three MLS games. Oh wow! City SC, which is our local team here, and yeah. um, for the first two games, I got tickets in the supporters section. Um, what, what's the supporter section? Okay, the supporter section is it's at one end, and the the tickets are a little bit cheaper. Um, and you have so that's to behind st- the goal for us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's behind that's the, goal. the home end. Yeah, and it's uh, and you have to stand. Oh, okay, terracing, right? Okay. Well, no, no, it, it's funny because there are actually seats, but they lock them in the up position, so you pay. Oh, for the we seat. call that safe standing at the minute. Yeah. But they can unlock them and put them down for other events, but for City SC games in the supporters section. And they've got, you know, they've got the drummers and they have the chanting and the flags. Okay. And, um, and those, uh, I did the conversion. The tickets were th- about 30 pounds. Okay. Which is, based, you know, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then, um, and then to eat, I got a kebab and a pretzel and a pint, and that was about another 30 pounds. Suck. No toad in the hole, no, 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 no. no. Uh, but I give, I give, I give our stadium a lot of credit because 
all of the food is from local restaurants. They they oh, control okay. local restaurants. And the way my understanding is the way that they charge them is those restaurants don't pay rent. They pay a percentage of what they sell. Ah, uh, okay. So, so we obviously have the thing where the, the 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 vendor, if you like, which again I'd like to think of relatively local, they pay a pitch fee to basically they'll pay, I don't know, £250, and that, that gives them the right to sell, and then they can charge what they want, as much as they want, whatever they earn, they get. Whereas the American model seems to be you, you can stay there as long as you like, but at the end of the day, we get 30%. Yeah. Now, I will say, the third game I went to was a playoff game, and I'm embarrassed to say that the tickets for that game, I paid more than 100 quid for a, a playoff ticket. In that, in that behind the goal? No, that was uh, that was on one of the sides, but in the upper deck. Right. Um, okay. So it was it was a little more central. I think the tickets were a little bit better, but it was still very expensive, and I paid all that money to watch them lose four one. And how how is it perceived in America? Obviously, MLS is uh, Major League Soccer. We're obviously League Two, so there's obviously going to be differentials. But at the same time, I don't see, and again, I could be wrong, but Major mm. League Soccer. Doesn't I don't feel like, although you'll definitely correct me, have the gravitas of the big four. It, would that be fair, or am I wrong in that? Um, yeah, I think that it's it's probably the fifth most popular sport in the U.S. Fine. So it's but, not. So it's, it's not necessarily. Top, so it's not the sort of it, on the top tier of sport. No, how definitely. how how accessible is it for the layman American? who is living in Phoenix, wants to watch the Suns, or if you're in, I don't know, you're in LA and you want to watch the Rams, or whichever is your, whatever's your poison, if you like. How accessible is it to, A, go to the game, i.e. get a ticket, and B, how affordable is it in conjunction with, like, the, the cost of living and this sort of stuff? Is it an affordable experience? Is it quite expensive? Is it hideous? How do you see it? Well, I think it, 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 it so much depends on what team... And how they're doing. Okay. One of the, and, and I don't know how it works in England, but the, the secondary ticket market is so powerful here. Okay. The resale and, type thing, yeah. Yeah. The, we so have like the, StubHub type thing, is that right? Yeah. CP StubHub? and StubHub, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team, um, they they have said that they've had a sellout every game for years and years and years. And because all of the tickets are bought up and they're sold on the secondary market. Now, the team wasn't very good this year, so there were many, many times where you could get a ticket for a fiver and go wow. see a baseball game. Um, but in years where they're good, the secondary market is so ramped up that it's unaffordable. So I'd say that that from from like what I hear, and, and the other thing is, you know, when you're talking about League Two football, I, I think that's more like minor league baseball. Yeah, the- I think that's a good conversion. And that's very affordable. To go to a minor league baseball game in the United States is very affordable. Uh, you can bring a family of four and not break the bank. Uh, that okay. that. But like going to an NFL game, I I have been to one NFL preseason game my entire life because mostly because of the cost. Oh wow! So so it's to to go and watch the, again. Probably quite similar to like the League, Chicago but... Bears. I, I think that was I grew up in Chicago, and I think to see the Chicago Bears. I, I it would be cost prohibitive for me to go. I, I don't think I could get a ticket for under a hundred. That's interesting. Obviously, um, have you been to have you been to Plow Lane, or is I it on not. the list? I've, I've well, when list. you're over, we'll 
we'll take me and Lee will take you for a pie mash and you can experience that uh, English staple diet if you like. Um, but in terms of obviously in England, as you know, it, it th- there's been loads of initiatives to try to support um, a those marginalised groups to afford the game. But nevertheless, if you're going to like if you're going to watch Premier League, you're going to pay a high tariff. And obviously, as you come down the leagues, it's more affordable. I think Wimbledon is is reasonable um, on on the whole. If you want to go and watch Wimbledon play or AFC Wimbledon play, whichever way, terminology, etc. Um, normally, 20 quid, maybe $25, we'll, we'll, we'll get you into the game, not a problem. And you could probably eat, which is can be a bit more expensive in terms of what you're offering. You're probably actually paying half of your match fee. If you pay 20 quid to get in, you're paying a tenner on food if you want to eat in the ground. Um, but I, I think for Wimbledon games, I think it's affordable. As you know, I'm a teacher. I've literally eaten my chilli as I've come in from rugby today. Um, it, it, it is an it's an experience that I think it's I think what what Wimbledon have tried to do is create, which I think actually is probably and I, again I can't speak to it, but it feels to be quite a family vibe. I've been to watch the Yankees, fortunately a long time ago, almost like a New York thing. You go to New York and watch the Yankees, and that seemed like a really enjoyable family kind of place where we watched it. We were up in the bleachers right at the back. Um, it seemed to be a much more sort of pleasant experience, but it's um, it's interesting to hear, like you said about how tick people can just lose sight. Like you said, you watch the MLS game, go and watch a game, it's 30 quid. All of a sudden, it's a playoff game. It's 100 quid, four times the amount. That, that to me, just shows you that that particular club have got it, frankly, completely wrong. But talking well, about I, getting things, go on off you. I, I will say, though, that that so th- this year was City's, uh, St. Louis City's SC's first season. They were an expansion okay. brand new. And they built a stadium, and it's it is go- our grounds are gorgeous. Seats how, about how 20, big is it? About twenty thousand. Okay. And uh, and they, size, yeah. they sold out every every seat every game. Um and 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 the team was quite good. We made the play. We won our conference and made the playoffs, which nobody expected in our first year. Um. So and and the amount of effort they've been putting into the support. I mean, there's numerous supporter groups. They are they're they're really given a lot of leeway and there's one of the great things is there's a parade from uh, a, a a pub that's a few blocks away from the stadium and all the supporters groups every home game they lead a parade of fans from the pub to the ground and oh, nice. it, and there's you know there's drums and chanting and songs and 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 costumes and flags it's it's really a spectacle and i, I give them a lot of credit for doing a lot to try to involve as many people as possible and do they get a lot of a lot of players coming in from colleges. Not, is, that, is that is that a direct? Do they do a draft in the MLS similar to the they NFL? Do. And they do, but there's only it's only three rounds, and um and most of the players are international signings. Um, really, oh, wow, I mean, yeah. like our our in our in the city uh, SC transfer portal <laughs> that just finished. Um, we signed uh, a left back and a right back. One's from Denmark, and the other's from Sweden. Um, we did sign an American. We just sold one of our strikers to an Italian club. Oh right. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot more international movement. Uh, we have drafted a couple of college kids, uh, and and the, and one of them made the, made his debut last year. We also have an academy, and we had a actually this is a great story. A guy named Miggy Perez uh, was in our academy, and he uh, he 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 got he, he got in a game scored a goal and the next week he graduated from high school he was 17 
Oh, wow. And, and scored a goal and then graduated from high school the next week. What an absolute lad. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, while we're here, should we talk about Wimbledon? Yes, um, we should. Bradford, let's give me, tell me something different from what looked like two okay mid-table teams slugging it out, cancelling each other out and leaving with one point each. Okay, so maybe I'm going to put on my rose-colored glasses here, but here's the thing that I liked about what I saw from us is that we were able to do that with a side that was not familiar with each other, with a lot of new faces, and without our best players. So while I think, you know, and we were we were away and we got a point. So I think if any time you get a point away, it's it's not bad. And the fact that we got a point away without our best players being healthy and with a whole bunch of new faces of people who didn't hadn't really played much together yet, I'm going to take that as a big win and very encouraging for the future. I am not going to disagree with you on that. I mean, to be honest with you, Bradford, I'm sure you know this, are massive for the league. In terms of Wimbledon's average attendance will be about 8,000, hopefully. Bradford's is 20. Yes. Well, they have that huge Bradford, stadium. Bradford, you know, Valley Parade, huge stadium if you don't know much about it jonathan you'll be able to read up about the big fire they had at the stadium it is a terrifying four minute video of how quick a football stadium goes in the air it's on youtube you can check it out and see how quickly their stadium went up in flames many people died unfortunately so there's a nice some sort of mural on the side from when i last went i went there before the season we stayed up the great escape which was the nil nil that we drew last game of the season um and it's just interesting that it was nil nil now I kind of, I do agree with you. I think considering the players that we had out, considering the players that were not available for whatever reason, I I would have taken the draw before the game and we got it. I am interested to to see your thoughts on us going forwards. I think at the back, I think we kind of did well. I thought Lee Brown despite the fact at times I'm, I find him a bit of a liability, I think that's probably an understatement, I think he actually was okay. And I felt that defensively, we rode our luck at times, but we didn't look so bad. I was more concerned with our attacking play. And I felt really sorry for Josh Kelly, by the way, who is kind of new to... I feel that he might be someone that might benefit from having somebody next to him. But it's obviously his first game, his first game for Wimbledon, and I'm really pleased that we got him. We'll talk about him shortly. But how are we as a team going to score goals without Ali? How are we going to do that, do you feel? If we're going to be able to do it, it's going to be because our wing play is significantly better, mm-hmm. that, that, that we're going to have better crosses, that we, I mean, because really most of the ways that Ali scored, at least to my you know test, was it felt like he'd get the ball in the center and make something Go. happen. Yeah, 100%. And 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 when you think about like that, the the uh, I think how we're going to move forward is like how we won the the winning goal at Mansfield against Mansfield. Yes. Where where we got an amazing cross and we had somebody in front of the goal who could finish. Yes. Agreed. And, And I think that if you look at the and I know we'll talk more about the window later, but if you look at, you know, bringing in Gordon, who is, is a winger, he's not a striker. Um, uh, bringing in Curtis, um, you uh, hopefully Neufel will get healthy. Uh, hopefully Tilly will show some of that earlier season form. 
And I think that that is where those goals are going to come from, is from better wing play. And if we, you know, better wing play, and if we can, you know, and, and Curry continues to to develop, and either Bill or Ogundere, we can do more overlap. Yeah. Because if you do that overlap in a four four two, and you get, you know, your left back, your right back, you get them to cross well, then you have more people in front of the goal. And yeah. those, I think just hoping that Ali is going to get the ball and make something happen was not a great sustainable strategy. No, I think that's fair. And I think I've kind of felt deep down that we kind of relied on that a lot. The yeah. games that he didn't play, we looked a little bit, little bit punch shy. And I, I kind of felt on, on Saturday, I think you're right. I think we, we are going to rely if we're going to, I think we'll talk a little bit about manager expectations, but if we're going to make any inroads into continuing this foray towards the playoffs, we're going to need to see September Tilly rather than December Tilly. I think Nurfield coming back, although <clears throat> I don't think he was particularly pulling up trees before he went away, the fact is he's going to offer value, um, I think will be important. I was quite surprised not to see a lot of Sasu. I don't think he even, even came on Sasu on Saturday. He's in a really strange place in terms of played at Wrexham, played quite well, played other games, MK, played okay. But then for some reason, he's just out of the game and not even seen. And I kind of feel like Jackson's a bit confused between Sasu, McLean, who I think every time he comes on the pitch has actually done quite well. But I don't think I would start him. I'm just, do you think there's a bit of a, we're not quite sure where we're at with our wide players? Or is it a case of, no, it's going to be Tilly and Gordon and get on with it. I I think that that Sasu is clearly um, a, a winger, and he, we have four better options in Gordon, Neufeld, Tilly, and Curtis. And I think McLean's a striker, or like a number ten. I, really? I think, do you yeah, think McLean, I, McLean's a striker? I do. I think, or like, or, 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 or like you know, a ten type, you know, slightly behind the striker. And I think where you, what you're going to see McLean, I think you're going to see him come on. Like, let's say Kelly and Bugle are are up front. Yeah. I think that 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 either of them could get subbed for McLean. See, like, I actually think you're wrong. I think you, you might go Curtis, you know. And the reason why I'm not, I'm kind of, I, I can kind of get what you're talking about. But I feel like Curtis is a goal scorer, right? He has scored against, obviously, Mansfield. Scored the most amount of goals for Portsmouth since the millennium, apparently. I think he is not nowhere near the level fitness-wise, pace-wise. I actually think we would benefit from from um, McLean playing wider, Curtis playing just behind to score goals, and that will allow us to utilise him. My one concern with that, which is where your point, I think, is really valid, it does create another not very mobile 10. And yeah. Bugiel, by the way, I thought was brilliant again on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Without him, we go towards Pell. And then all of a sudden, we start to kind of change, have to change the way that we play. Um, but I'm interested you said that about McLean. I, wasn't, I wouldn't have read that. So it's, it's amazing how you can watch the game in a different way. What, what's your main thinking then why McLean would be a 10 rather than a wide player? Uh, because I think that that he has more ball awareness and field awareness, okay. Um, th- and I think that 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 he can 
I think that he reacts better than he has pace. See, I, I okay. think that I think that that Curtis, at least from you know my untrained eye, I like like what I I like up front is let's say that our start up front is you know uh, Gordon and Tilly on the wings and Kelly and Bugle up front. Yep. When you need to sub or like mix it up or have something different, you've got uh, Curtis Sasu Neufel that you can substitute out on the wings. Yeah. And Davison and McLean up front. So almost you've kind of written off Harry Pell. You've kind of pushed Pell out of that kind of conversation. Would that be fair? You know, when we signed Pell, we it, he was definitely promoted to us as a kind of a traditional box-to-box midfielder. Yes, And definitely. then somewhere along the line, I don't know if it's because he's tall <clears throat> or because that header that he had against Sutton was Sutton, right? Yeah. Um, or, or if it's because... Um, because he doesn't have pace to do box to box anymore, but it was like at some point they decided that he was a ten, and I don't think that is his best game. I think that so where is his best game, Jonathan? Because I'm I, I'm I'm not overly sure at the moment. I don't think he's I don't I think he's got the engine to go box to box. I don't think he's got the footwork to play as a number to play between Little and Reason. To be honest, he won't get in between over them two. Yeah. And I only can see him playing as a bit of a pain in the bum number 10, i.e. Beagle goes off, Harry run around, arms and legs everywhere, cause havoc and see what happens. But okay, so where do you see him? If we've got Reeves and Little in the middle and Reeves needs a breather, you know, we need to sub him off. I, I don't think Harry Pell should ever start. <laughs> Let me just yeah. put that up. No, no, no. But, it's, it, you can have your any with, opinion. With 10 to 20 minutes left, I could see him spelling Reeves um, or if Ball comes in for Reeves, I could see Pell spelling Little. Okay. Because I think Ball I think Ball is is faster than Reeves or Little. Um, and I yeah. think that, 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 that he can and he can push forward a lot better. Um, so I, I think I think Pell has to be a very strategically deployed sub. Okay. And that I would put him in, in the midfield. I don't. I just. I don't know whether he's got the feet for it, the discipline for it. I always think with Harry Pell, he's a walking yellow card all the time. He constantly, particularly the sending off we had at home, he's all arms and legs everywhere. Um, but that's interesting. But it's interesting where where you've kind of slotted him. Um, yeah. Interested to talk about Kelly. Thoughts from first game. It's so hard to judge somebody on their first game. You know, how many days of training did he have with the side? No judgment. Just interested no. in what you, what do you, tell me what you made of him. Um, I want to see how he finishes because he didn't really have much in the terms of opportunity. I don't think he had any shot that he bless him. Didn't, didn't um, he got the ball, bless him. So I think that, that I loved his work, right? Yes, think- definitely. I, I think I think that worked really, really. I think his work rate was great, um, and and maybe maybe I'm proje- the fact that Cope and JJ wanted him for two and what two and a half three years whatever we yep. signed him for, they see him as a striker for today, tomorrow, next year, and going on, and they see in him what they what they really want in the tactic that JJ likes to play. So I'm very optimistic. I liked what I saw. Um, ultimately, with any striker, it's all about how many goals you score. 
and that'll just take some time. I'm I'm very encouraged. I'm glad that we got somebody that we're investing in for the long term, especially with all that nonsense. Because I mean, it happened like the day after the meeting, and everybody was all freaked out and the debt. And yeah, 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 yeah. But we made an investment in a player that we think is going to be good for the future, and um, and I want to see how he goes with Bugle. I don't Bugle's contracts up at the end of the year, right? Yeah, so it looks like Bugles is up for conversation. Armani Littles is up for conversation. And then there will be probably the light. And again, I don't know the full story. I think Nightingale might have another year. Zach Robinson will be up, I think. And then you're talking about the likes of Pell, Brown, Pierce, that kind of group. Davison? Callum Bailly, maybe. Um, Davison? Davison, maybe that kind of group will be the next round of potentials who, who come out of play. I'd, I'd, I'm excited about Kelly. I liked what I saw. It's way too early to know for sure. Um, seems to be a good, a good guy. And uh, I liked, again, liked his work rate. Um, I think he did. He, he, he did very well for a, for a debut for sure. No, I agree. I mean, he, I, I'm with you. I thought he worked really, really hard. Really, really tough when he's doing a lot of donkey work trying to press, which is hard because he's not really getting much of the ball. When he did get the ball, he looked bright. He looked quite creative. He looked like he was engaged. I've got concerns about him playing in the role that Ali played. I think it's it's so difficult when you had you had a guy who basically scored goals, assisted goals, to almost say, you're his replacement. We had him, Ali, replacing Asal. And to do that was rough. But then to have a man who is I probably going to break the record in our league. I think he's tough. Um, and, I, and I think, I, think he, I, I was infused. Yeah. I thought we did all right. That, that's why I think more emphasis on our wingers is going to take the pressure off of Kelly. I, I, I think that if we don't expect him to get the ball, you know, and, and, and make something happen the way that Ali did, I think if there is more uh, intent, to get early crosses and to, you know, get the ball into the box, I think he's going to do, he's going to have an easier time of it than the expectation of B alley. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think that's a really going to, uh, a good summary. Um, last question. And for me, what on earth has happened to Hospilla and the, the game against our, our lovely, um, Troops from Bedfordshire, uh, Hertfordshire, wherever, whichever county, MK, and I, can't, I never quite remember. Um, he was terrible in that game. He obviously came back. Apparently, it was terrible against Peterborough. Oggs has come in. Felt he was solid. Kept mm-hmm. it quite simple. I thought, I thought um, he, he was decent. I, pre- I, I presume, in my head, Oggs will start in the next game. I think he's now probably got the shirt. What What do you make of the right back position? I think Ogander is um is is more defensively minded. Obviously, yep, definitely. Um, I think that that he is a better part of a back four. Um, I don't think he's as good as pushing forward. I don't think he's m- m- got a lot of value doing overlap, but he's re- solid and reliable. Yeah. Biller is which one's going to show up. Is it going to be the Biller that is getting things done, or is it going to be the Biller who is making a lot of questionable tackles and and uh, kind of out of control? And I think that 
JJ's got to, in training each week, kind of make the assessment, which hospitality we have. And if he doesn't think that we've got the the good one, then start hogging there. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I really like Bella. I think Bella's ceiling is going to be a lot higher than Ogden Deers in terms of how good he oh, could be. Without a doubt. That, I think without we all agree with that. But I, I, I'm with you. I think for where we're at at the minute, um, we, we need a little bit of shoring up, a little bit of almost like a, a solidity about our play. And I feel that he right now is going gonna, is gonna to give us that. But um, okay, well, that was, uh, that was Bradford City. A good point, I think everyone would agree with. Um, when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about the window, talk about Craig Cope uh, and our threats to targets, and we may sneak another bit of conversation in. So uh, see you shortly. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. And we are back. Thank you ever so much for listening. We're back with the wonderful Jonathan, and we are now going to discuss. We are now going to discuss the window. The transfer window has officially shut. Um, I'm just interested to hear Jonathan's thoughts. So, Jonathan, obviously we've got um, a host of new players in. Let's um, let's talk about Ali. Let's get him out of the way. Yeah. Um, great servant. Great. It seems to be a half decent deal. Rumored to be 1.75, which could be kind of. I don't know about you. I, th- I feel like how much he's worth as a player and how much is he worth to us, there's two big, big number differences. Um, the only question I had is, would we have got the same amount of money in the summer? And number two, would Ali have been the type of player that had he not gone to Ipswich would have kind of kicked off and not kind of played? Over to you, sir. Okay, I've got a lot of thoughts. First of all, and, and I think outside of anything else, we just have to remember that that Ali Alhamidi is now in striking distance of playing premier football yeah. next year. Definitely. And we we can't deny anybody that. You I just agree, totally. I mean, you are not going to be the kind of club that anyone's going to want to come to if you get a reputation that they're within sniffing distance of the thing that they've been dreaming about since they were three, you know, you, you, you just can't do that. And, and, and so I think that, that from a, from doing right by our players, we had to let him go. Yeah. Um, number two is the money. Could we have gotten more? I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I think that, that, that on the one hand, clubs have more money in the summer. On the other yeah. hand, they're more desperate in January. Yeah. Um, so I think you might overpay a little bit in January because there's fewer people available, but you have more money in June. Um, the other thing is, what happens if if Ali, you know, uh, gets an injury, gets a really bad injury sometime in the next few months, and then he's his value goes down considerably. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that it was it was a more than fair uh, fee if it is one point seven five, and I know that we. There, the, the, he had a sell-on, so we had to give some back. Um, yeah. And and there, there, I guess there are some additional sell-ons or incentives or something. If yeah. if so, but I mean, financially, it looks like a very, very good deal for us. Um, we couldn't turn it down. And and here's here's going to be the unpopular thing. I oh, love be Al- unpopular. We haven't got I love, Let's be I love Ali Alhamidi. I love watching him play. I will watch his Wimbledon goals for as long as they are on YouTube. Um, 
but we have to remember how many times did we not get three points or didn't get one because Allie had like four or five really good chances and didn't finish any of them. Yeah. I mean, he's a young player. He's still growing and he's developing. And I'm not, I, I want, I, I wish he was still on the team, but the idea that not having him automatically moved us from a team that was threatening playoffs to a mid table or lower team, I don't think is accurate. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to hold you on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of understand what you're saying, and, and I agree with most of it. I, I think, I think you're right. I think he he was someone that is young, was raw. There's definitely room for for manoeuvre. Great mate of mine, Nick, who stands obviously stands next to me. He actually thinks that we're earning most of our money on the on the next sale. <clears throat> he thinks there'll be quite a big um, sell on fee from Ipswich. Um, I'm certain there'll be a Premier League bonus. There'll be another bonus. There'll be this bonus, that bonus. So I think we'll the earning of Ali will be above the 1.75. I reckon we could probably easily get another million out of him if if that bodes fit. My my real challenge that I am gonna not agree with you on is I think him leaving will mean that we'll become a mid-table team, and I think we'll go from eighth to twelfth. To thought to fourteenth fish. I just um and again it's very very difficult because we obviously haven't seen Josh Kelly and I'm not going to judge him as you said you're absolutely right we have to give him plenty of time to get into the squad but the main tariff of any football team is the goals that they score okay. and this is a guy who scored and assisted a huge amount and almost every goal that you watched us ha- us have he was in the thick of it. He was all either on the end of it or creating it. And I think you're right. If we play to our potential, i.e. backline, Tilly, Gordon or Nerfil, Kelly, Boogiel, uh, all of these guys, I think we'd have, we would have had a great shot. And I think with Ali, we're in. I think we would have sneaked in. I think he would have got, if his form was sort of consistent between now and the end, I think we'd have got in. I think with the injuries that have now set in, which is a slightly unfair one on the alley argument, but I just feel like with the, the, the injuries that we've got, with the uncertainty that we've had, in, and, and to be honest, we've got a, a young guy who has played pretty much non-league football his whole career, leading our attack. It would be wrong of me, and I think of us, to expect a huge amount of Kelly and some of these other young pups. Gordon, he's only had one real season at Carlisle. I just, I think that sale, although understandable, I think probably puts us in a mid-table slot. Okay, well, here I'm going to push back on it because... You push back, Jonathan. There are six points yep. separating ninth and 18th. In Correct. The and the idea that one could one person be responsible for six points obviously but so could a soggy pitch so could an injury to another key player so could bad refereeing so i mean there are so many different variables about what would make up for that level of points that that i don't know that you can automatically say i mean it's going to be harder i I mean i wouldn't say that you could allocate it solely on Ali leaving equals that. But what I'm saying is with, with the variables that you've mentioned, 
injuries, soggy pitch, poor refereeing, um, just a downturn in form. Mm-hmm. Ali would have been a factor to negate some of those. We right. now don't have that. And I feel that without him, those other factors become more of a possibility. I mean, Bradford, the game on Saturday, their pitch was absolutely pathetic. My backyard, And I thought, and sorry, I thought garden. literally, we as a team would benefit from a good pitch. We like to pass the ball about. Um, we want to actually get the ball down and play. I feel that we were inhibited of doing that because of how poor their pitch is. And Ali would have negated that. And I'm not saying he wins us the game, far from it. But I think there are those clutch games where it's a 50-50. Ali will get, would be a huge difference in that game. And that, unfortunately, means I feel that we may lose a few points here and there. And we can drift into mid-table, I guess. But we, the we other are, person... Go on, off you. We're definitely not as good a side without Ali, without a doubt. But I don't know that that automatically means that we can't still be sniffing at the edge of the playoff. Okay. Well, on on that then, how big a miss is Connor Lemony Evans? Because I don't know about you, but he was excellent for us. I was very impressed with the way that he played. And the fact that he's gone back to the top of the table and been man of the match and been involved in the game. How big a miss is he going to be, do you think? It depends on how Gordon plays. It depends okay. on how many minutes. Because they're a natural, aren't they? They're a, literally, Gordon um, has replaced Lemony Evans on the wing. I think uh, it, it depends on how many minutes Curtis can play. Okay. I think it depends on how quick Neufel gets healthy. Yep. Um, I I mean, let, let's put it this way. If, if we could only have one of Lemony Evans... And Lewis, I'm glad we got Lewis. Yes, yeah, I I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, and I don't no think I don't think we had any other novelists who had money to put up for lemonade. We might have an American radio show host who might be yeah. able to stump up a few <laughs> a few cents. There must be must be a couple of dollars in the back there. Come on, no, not really. Um, but <laughs> you know, I, I I yeah, we're gonna miss him for sure. Um, but I I think that actually I think it's easier to look at. I think there's a, a a better probability that Gordon Curtis that Tilly could regain form that those things seem more likely to me than Kelly playing at Ali's level. Yeah. Okay, I think that's fair. I I would agree with that. I think. Yeah. I, I think he was. I think he actually was a really good player. I was really surprised of how good he was in the air. I think he seemed to enjoy his football. And from all reports, if you believe all the nonsense on the internet. He was relatively keen to stay. I still don't think our door is closed on him. I think he may well, with Stockport going up a league, I don't think he's going to make that level. And I think Stockport may well um, relinquish him in the summer. And maybe that might be a really good time for us to strike, which would be which would be exciting. Um, I'm not going to talk too much let me, about... Um, let me just tell you, I got go just on. one thing I want to add here. Uh, Lemon Evans, one goal... One assist, Neufel, one goal, three assists. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how many games they both play. But I reckon it quite I, I have it right players. here. Uh, uh, Lemon Havens played 14, started 10, Neufel played. But didn't didn't Lemony Evans score? I'm sure he scored more than one. Didn't That's he? he scored? I, ah, I, in the league. Okay, because he scored in the cup, didn't he? Yes, he scored okay. in. 
he had two in cup games. Yeah. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. He scored, I remember him scoring a really good guy in the cup. Um, just, just in league games, he only scored once. As in, as he, in that's, really, that's really interesting. He played 14 much league games and started 10, and Neufel played 25 league games and started 16. So yeah, uh, Neufel had about twice as many minutes. Well, that'll be interesting because it'll be interesting. Like I say, if they are relatively similar outputs, I do feel that they definitely. I felt there was a Lemony Evans had played better than Murfield, which, to be fair, could be the case. You know, double half the minutes, similar outputs, but it will be interesting to see how how we react on that. And with Sasu as well, I do feel like I think you're right. I think I would I would take the signing of Lewis over them. Um, I won't talk much about Lakin. I don't think he played a huge amount, and I think he just kind of filled a gap. So I'm not gonna dwell too much. Instead, I'm going to go on to Lewis. Yeah. How big a signing do you think he's going to be for us this year, next year, and beyond, potentially? I, I think I think there are, there, there are two impacts that it has. Number one is it solidifies us at centre-back. Yep. Um, but the other thing is, I think it's bigger, more the statement that it made to the... Yeah. Man, totally agree. Totally was agree. That that when you know, I I I don't know that without you know without Craig Cope, I don't think we we try to keep him. I think we we go oh, no, okay, we lost him. Let's go dumpster diving for a center back replacement. Um, and and, and I, I I think that especially that early in the window to make that statement that we're gonna make him permanent, extend him, and make him part of the spine. I think that that was the, and he is a veteran presence that that I think will make the younger players around him better, and I I, I love it. I love every part of it. I love the statement that it sent to the fans. I love the statement it sent to the to the other players, um, and and I think he's he's a quality center back that I'm glad that we have. And I think it's also the other thing which I think is good is the fact that to the league now, we've kind of made a statement regarding other teams in the league that, you know, you can't necessarily bully us about. We used to be, I reckon, quite wet blankets in terms of people used to come and go left and right. We'd almost be like a, almost like a towel on the bathroom floor to people walk all over us and not really care. And I, when we're not, that signing was totally surprised. I was surprised by that one. Um, I think he's going to be a really important. Time. I think he's going to be captain moving forward. I think I think Reeves will continue this year and hopefully next year is around. And then I think Lewis, if he's around, 
Um, I definitely think he's gonna he's a very, very solid league two. I think him and Johnson at centre back is probably as good as you're gonna get in League Two. Yeah. And I and I think um although it's been frustrating not having either of them available, I, I'm with you. I think he's a great signing. I think obviously with the two players being out, we've obviously picked up um Kofi Barmer, or if that, is that the right word? The Barmer, uh, yeah. Kofi Barmer, who looks like he's got an absolutely humongous throw, which I'm sure you know, Jonathan, going through the annals of time, we have always loved what we would call a long ball merchant. Yep. Um, Vinnie Jones is, probably, is literally my lifetime hero. Um, he he had a long throw. Wimbledon fans have loved a long throw for a big bloke who's going to lump it up, which is probably Pell in this case. I thought he played well against Bradford. He's obviously come in to replace almost to be backup, I would suggest, to Johnson and to um, Lewis. I think he's probably above Callum Bailly and Pierce now. But Maybe. solid signing, or do you think he is someone that is going to potentially push the other two for a starting berth? Well, I, I don't know because, I I mean, Johnson, looking at that boot that he was in, he's going to be out for a while. Yes. Um, so I, I could see Lewis and Balmer uh, Columbay has not looked great this season. He has looked rigid, hasn't he? Really, he almost looks like well, we're the box of Frank Bruno, who was really muscly, very, very muscly, and looked strong as an ox, but he would get very tired. I was very kind of rigid, was not particularly flexible. He seems to be someone who almost worked almost out a bit too much, and he seems to turn like a tank. He hasn't quite come back to the level. So I think you're right. I think Barmer's going to come in as a potential if in doubt we've got him yeah but from the game that we saw Port Vale fans said he was okay nothing overly brilliant but that's the league above we're looking at someone who is going to play realistically for the next month or two it says according to the news today Johnny Jackson's mentioned that those players Lewis and Johnson are going to miss a considerable chunk whatever that might mean yeah. of the season which means that for the by the other side of the coin, for a considerable part of the season, we're going to be having Barmer, we're going to have Kalambai, Pierce, and obviously it looks like we're going to, we're moving with Lee Brown. No, please, no. Please. Well, uh, I'm kind of with you, unfortunately, but I was quite pleased with the fact that we've got the acumen to go and bring in somebody who's sort of 23, not one of these 18-year-olds who kind of come in and do it, but he seems to be a good addition. Interested in your opinion on the wingers. Obviously, we've brought in um, Ronan Curtis, who has come with a glowing, mm-hmm. glowing um, career at Portsmouth. Always used to score goals against us. A fit Ronan Curtis is probably one of the better players in the division. But with the injury, um, how much of a risk do you think we're taking with him? Um was it an easy kind of pickup? Do we feel like, you know what, we'll take him at half-mast and see where we're at? And finally, obviously, Gordon, your expectations of the competition on those wingers, fully fit, who are you kind of nudging around? Um, okay, so fully fit, I think Gordon is your left wing. I, yep. I, I think, I think uh, I don't think we would have gotten that loan unless he was expected to play a bunch of minutes. Yeah, Not I that, that. I mean, obviously we need to put the best 11 out there and not let loans dictate who we start. But I think Gordon 
is is going to get all of the room in the world to make that to get that shirt and keep it. Yeah, I think we've um, I think I think we've needed our back scratched, and we're going to need to scratch it back if that makes sense. So I totally agree with that. I think Palace will expect him to play, and I think he yeah. should. And I think that that would be fair. I think Curtis, this is this is brilliant. This is this was a brilliant brilliant signing. Not only do I think it was worth it, I think that we should look at it like a, a real coup that we were able to get this guy because I with all due respect to Wimbledon, we have no business having a player this good. Yeah. <laughs> um and and yeah, the reason we got him is cuz he's coming off of a horrific injury. He's probably only good for 20 30 minutes for the next, you know, 4 or 5 weeks and then maybe he can do some starting, you know, a little bit later on. Um, but the fact that we said of all of the places in the world that you could go to prove that you're healthy before you get a big contract in the summer, he chose to do it with us. And I think that speaks volumes to what he saw when he was training with us. Um, and that, that we said, yeah, we're going to give you the opportunity to do this. So I, I, I love this signing and, and I under, I, I don't expect him to start for, you know, at least another month. But if we have that kind of firepower coming off the bench with 10, 20, 30 minutes left, maybe we get to the point we can bring him in at the half. I think that is a real, real coup for us. I think it speaks highly to our club, to our ground, to our our training facilities, to our coaching staff, and to the fact that we're in London, obviously, because, you know, that, that you know, I don't think that he would want to go, you know... I, you know, I don't think he'd want to go somewhere else to. Cause he's in this to train to show that he's healthy and to, yeah. to get a big contract. I mean, he he he's basically looking upwards of us without a shadow of a doubt. He's looking at League One. I mean, on his absolute day, he's been linked with Championship teams, and and I think on his day he could do that. Yeah. I think it's 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 a it's a. I don't really even see it as a gamble, to be honest with you. I guess the challenge, if it was a gamble, just how much you're paying for him, I guess. Because the reality of it is a player that will be out of our reach financially, I would guess, in the summer, unless he is particularly permanently cropped or has a challenge where he is just not going to be able to retain or regain anywhere near that form. But for the sake of having a punt for six months, he is an absolute no-brainer. He's also quite interesting in the fact of, and I, whenever I've watched him play, I've never seen him as a kind of speed merchant. I've always had him as a bit of a cerebral player, a bit more brain over brawn. Not going to beat you on the outside, but he's tricky enough to beat you both sides and come in field and drag people out of position. And I mean, to be honest with you, that Mansfield goal, despite the fact that it was, you know, wasn't particularly in the corner, should we say, the fact that we've got someone on the pitch who knows how to score, I think is crucial. And we have got a team filled with good players who are very functional. But the one thing we're going to need to replace are, is someone who can score a goal. And I think he is definitely there. I think with Gordon, the one thing we're, we're also crying out for is we have, we're going to miss someone with a very scary pace, who Ali has, was incredibly quick, incredibly direct, from what I've seen from Gordon so far, he looks quick. He looks strong. Whether or not he's going to be impactful, I guess we've had to spin the wheel on relatively young, wide attacking players. And we'll see where he sits. But I think he is a good 
a really, really good loan. I think that was a really shrewd bit of business. Um, before we talk about, obviously, the big signing, we've obviously also brought in John Gerald Tool, who mm-hmm. is a bit of a veteran, if you like. He's kind of been done the rounds. I'd guess he's probably played in all four, four leagues of the Football League, I'd guess, and has probably played very, very little football. I take that is probably an insurance. Would, would that be fair? Maybe, yeah, maybe I mean, for both of the the holding midfielders. Yeah, well, I think I think that you you I think he will see a few minutes at midfield and possibly at center back. At center back, okay, yeah. yeah. He's he's played some center back uh, through his career. I think yeah. I think his best position is probably probably defensive midfielder, probably. Um, but I could see him playing midfield for us. I could see him. You know, I I definitely like him at center back better than Brown, but I I like Lee Finch at, at center back better than Brown. Yeah. Um, don't don't let him tell you about his days up front. God's sake. Well, he'll tell he'll tell you either even if you don't ask. Um, but I, yeah, I think that that I think it's a very shrewd signing, um, to have a little bit of insurance both at midfield and center back. I I I, I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna be the difference, but he could really plug a hole if needed. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think I think he's going to have to kind of. I think the fact that Reeves was has gone a bit a bit crock and he's going to have a couple of weeks off, I think means that we're kind of like as you said. I think the ball little midfield we've now got Pell. I think it's going to be an interesting four or five months for Williams. I think the fact that he's gone out on loan and now he's come back. There was discussion about Sasu getting a bit more game time, which. I think will be tricky in the current climate, but I think I'd love to see him go. And then obviously out of the blue, we were looking around, praying. Everyone was kind of linking us with two players. Uh, Tolesh was an order shot, who looks like a young Swiss player who I think will be highly coveted. And Josh Kelly, who again was incredibly highly coveted. We were told obviously about a meeting that we couldn't afford many people and that nothing was going to happen and that this guy was linked to every team under the sun and all of a sudden um, he's blocked on our doorstep. And I think similar to what you said earlier, really pleased that probably one of the more touted non-league footballers, I mean, <clears throat> the fact that you've got Paul McCullum, who is the top goal scorer in the league below, scored goals for fun, done it year in, year out, hasn't been able to secure a move back to Football League. But this guy has highly regarded from the club that Craig Cope's come from. So let's be honest, Craig Cope, if he doesn't know what this guy's about, he's never going to know what anyone's about. Um, reported fees are incredibly varied, but I would guess we're talking about a new club record. So I'm guessing we're talking maybe 200,000 potentially. I think that's two to 250, which I think in the long scheme of things is quite good business for us. I wouldn't have thought he'd be on stupidly high wages. I think he'd be on good wages, but not the wages that would kind of break the bank for us. And he seems to be a goal scorer. He looks quite comfortable. Looks like he is looking forward to the challenge. Good bit of business this has, isn't it? I think it's a great. I think it's great. I, I, I and, and obviously the proof's in the pudding and we have to wait to see how he does. But But just the fact that they got a striker that it wasn't from you know someone else's rubbish bin and that it was someone that that was coveted by a number of teams i, I think it's great I, I i like the signing a lot i i'm both from 
I believe he has the potential to be really good. And also, again, what we talked about with Lewis, the statement that it makes. That Yeah. That, you know, I mean, it. we did not, this is, he is not Terry Ablade. <laughs> no, he's definitely not. No. I almost feel bad that we keep picking on, on Ablade, but he's he's just like, you know, such a, a good sign of the way that we used to do things. Yes. Um, and, and, and we didn't, we're not doing that anymore. And I think that's, that's really, that's really great. And, you know, I, I think that, that, that the fee, it seems fair. And, you know, especially considering what we got for Ali, the fact that we reinvested some, still a very small amount, but we invested yeah. some of it back in the team. That's, that's the way that we're going to be successful. We don't have Hollywood money. We don't have Middle East money. We don't have, uh, you know, billionaire hobbyist money. Uh, this is the way that we're going to be successful as a team. Well, and do you know what, Jonathan? I think that's actually the way we're going to attract players. And I think the reason why is that we're going to be a club that's going to attract players. You're going to play well and then you're going to get your move. You're going to earn your money elsewhere. And if you think from a youth, I feel like now we're covering quite a few bases. If you're a young player, in London, and you're wanting a chance to get a chance of a life-changing gig, you're joining Wimbledon. You've got Rodoni, you've got Sal, you've got players, you've got Spike Brits who's gone off to Manchester City, a whole host of other goalkeepers. You've got players who are Paul Canabai, who are Jack Curry, who are Huspiller, who are literally playing. Jack Curry's potentially a championship bound, I reckon, in the summer. Could be if he, if he really pins his ear backs and goes for it. I think we're now becoming quite an appealing club. If you're a young man, obviously a woman, but particularly we're talking about the men's team, a young man who wants to carve his way in football. I think the fact now is that if a club like Wimbledon is interested in you, I think you know you're going to get game time. You're going to get your opportunities to play. And you're going to be, we're not going to stand in your way. We're not going to make life difficult. I think we as, as a club now, are in a position where even with a lone player, with the Marcus Forces who play Premier League football, we're now in a position where, as a club, we have got a really tangible offer to these potential players where they can know now Wimbledon stand for this. I don't see huge numbers of Walsall players or you know other players, other clubs are available, obviously. I don't see many of these clubs having these huge numbers of homegrown players this huge number of players who are moving on up leagues for large amounts of money. Um, and even in the last three years with Rodoni, Asal, Alhamadi, Curry, we potentially each year have sold a player over three quarters of a million pounds, which for our club is massive. We've also got, I'm absolutely certain of it, Rodoni, Brits, Asal, Alhamadi, we're going to have sell-on fees for all of these guys sitting there. And all we're going to need is Jack Rodoni, who's currently in the championship, to get a £5 million move somewhere. And that's another million, potentially 20% would be about right. I just feel that we're in, we have now created a really solid product as a club that will entice other players to come. But I feel like the, we're in a really good spot. I feel happy with the squad. With that then, Jonathan, though, I still don't think we're quite... I think we as a group just have to manage our expectations. I feel that we're kind of more 12th. Are you, are you still thinking, pinning, pinning you down under pressure, 
give me a number where you think we're going to be end of the year with what we've got. I know we've got the injuries now. I think 12 is us. Where are women going to finish? I think we're going to finish 10th and okay. we're going to be close enough to 7th that there will be people who say, I wonder what would have happened if. Correct. Um, but I, you know what? 10th I will take, especially because of what we look like we're going to have for next year. Um, that Craig Cope will have a summer window with uh, some wages leaving uh, the books and we'll have an opportunity to, to, to bring in even more uh, good signings. I'm, I'm very, I'm very optimistic about the future, but yeah, I I'd say if I had to guess right now, we're going to finish 10th. Fantastic. Well, when we come back, we are going to talk about the club and obviously the new products that have come online, but also just talking a little bit about where we see our club and maybe some of the subtle changes that possibly could happen. And then we're going to dive into Barrow and Accrington. See you shortly. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. And we are back after talking about the transfer window. Wanted to talk to Jonathan a little bit about um, the club have recently, in fact, this morning, put out about a brand new shirt that's available in the club shop. Um, it's the 1988 FA Cup top, um, which is obviously sponsored by Spall. They've made a really big song and a dance of it, and the club have changed its badge on its AFC thing to the old badge. So my question, Jonathan, obviously, there have been huge numbers of clubs changing their badge. So, example, I don't know if you've got the internet or you've heard of a team, there's a team called Yeovil, who, are, who were in, in our league, We've played against them and they've changed their badge totally. They're called the Glovers. They've kind of almost changed their entire badge. I know in America they've done lots of badge changes. We've had recent badge changes for Juventus. We've had badge changes for Bristol City, um, for Fulham. So I guess my question is, where do you sit with clubs changing their badges? And more importantly, should we now defer back to the old badge? Um, I... I don't mind changes, but when there's too many, too fast and too radical, what yeah. I love about what we saw this morning is that it's going back to something that we used to have. Yep. It's more like a retro throwback and really, yep. you know, just, and I think we should encourage some of that to honor our history. I would hate to see a redesign of our badge to something that's completely new and different. Cause we don't need yep. that. Yeah. Uh, should we go back to the old one? I don't know. I mean, I think that 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 for some fans that would bring them back to a time when maybe when they fell in love with the club and when they yeah. became Wimbledon fans and you want to honor that. I think you kind of have to do some of both. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have a really strong opinion on it because I understand that that when you're talking about something as complicated as branding, different things mean different things to different people. And, you know, if uh, you know, just the fact that kits change as often as they have when in American sports uniforms don't change quite as often as kits do, you know, in, in English football. So I think that, that, you know, giving a fresh look and giving something new can be good. Don't overdo it. I don't know. I, I, I'm much more interested in the football. I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, the reason why I say it is obviously you're, you're a new, new, I, 
Roddenberry fan. You're a newer fan than some yeah. of the older guys, if that makes sense. Um, and obviously, I started watching Wimbledon when I was seven. I'm now 40, so I've been associated with this club for 33 years. I, I support AFC Wimbledon, and I refer to them as Wimbledon on this podcast because obviously it's for ease, to be blunt. Um, the new badge is very similar to the old badge. It has kind of been, in my opinion, the kind of rebrand, if you like. I don't, I, I'm with you totally. I think ripping it up, if all of a sudden it was a ball or, or a tennis ball with Wimbledon blue and yellow and it was all different, I kind of get it. I guess my major concern, though, is by going back to the old badge, there would be a temptation to, in my opinion, and this is a bit polarizing and, and People hate me enough about it as it is for trying to go on about the MK stuff and trying to water it down and move on. But I feel that if we go back to Wimbledon rather than AFC Wimbledon, we're looking back rather than looking forward or almost trying to desperately hang on to the past where I feel like we really have got, in many ways, a better future now than we did then. With it, When we were back then, when we were no ground, we were on the we are unfortunately on the slide due to the relegation for the Premier League, etc. I just feel now as a club, although I've got huge concerns and I'll talk about that next week, etc., about how we're going, I just have concerns about changing the badge looking backwards as opposed to trying to look forwards. Hence the reason why I wouldn't want to drop the AFC part of Wimbledon. Many fans would disagree and go. Well, now, now, said team have got our, our what they are called. We can just go back to being Wimbledon. Well, for me, I, we're, we're two different teams. We're two different clubs. We're two different identities. Two different objectives. We've actually achieved a, we've achieved an objective that we couldn't achieve when we're in the Premier League, which is stellar, as far as I'm concerned. Um, do you think we look back too much? Do you think we're always Everything's about, or I always find, compared to other clubs, we're very nostalgic. Probably for a very, very good reason. Probably because of the fact that we've achieved something so brilliant as we've been in the FA Cup when no one did. And it was, it's been the highlight of probably my sporting life in terms of not being a Wimbledon fan. Talking about it, it representing 1988 is a huge number and a huge thing in my family and our life. And But do we look back too much? Does that take away from what we're doing now and how we move forward or is it have we got the right balance i think that because of our story and because of how we got to where we are right now our history is always going to be complicated yeah and i think that that it doesn't matter what we do there will be some fans who say we need to do more with our history and there'll be some fans who say we need to look forward more i don't envy the people who try to find the balance as someone who started following the club, supporting the club maybe five years ago, I am totally fine with where we are right now. Yeah. Um, I would buy, I'd buy a shirt with the old badge. I'd buy a shirt with the new badge. I, I don't, I don't, but I'm also, maybe I'm not the, the, the target market here because I don't have a really strong allegiance to either the old version or the new version. I just like the club as a whole. But, but when you, when you see things about the club, and you hear about old players from back when and the the recent thing about the nostalgia of stuff does it does it evoke a, a 
maybe that's the wrong no, way of putting it. No, it doesn't. Maybe, maybe it is. Because obviously you're not, I guess you're not associated with it, but does, do you ever kind of look at it and go, yeah, it's 35 years ago, like, great, that was wonderful, but we're here now. Can we, do you ever get frustrated that we should just move forward? Or are you like, no, I, I embrace the whole club. Or is it just a case of, I'm just not that bothered, so we're just going to get on with it? Maybe this is the best way to say it. Vinnie Jones does not mean anything to me. Yeah, he means everything to me, yeah. But okay, but what does mean something to me is that the people that I'm supporting this club right now with, it means something to them. So yes. that that's important. So the the fact that people who are are with me cheering for Josh Kelly and and Lewis and and, and Biller, you know, that those people that it means that that Vinnie Jones means something to them. I see the value and the importance of it. Yeah, so yeah, I get it. When, when, when you talk about Vinnie Jones, I, I, I have no frame of reference except for the fact that we are both Don's fans yeah. and that, that, that it means something to both of us just in different ways. Okay. No, that's really good. It was interesting because I spoke to a guy at work who was talking about Raj changes and he's a Chelsea fan. They've had a little bit of a tweak of theirs. He was like, I don't really get it. And there's an old mate of mine who had an old Chelsea badge. And about two weeks later, they relaunched a new badge. And he's got his old tattoo. And it was almost out of date almost immediately. Um, it's not a huge change. So it's not like it's particularly difficult. The same Wimbledon, obviously, but they are different. But um, yeah, I'm just curious as to whether that conversation is, is palpable. But it's not really for, like, say, for the newer fan. So we can move on. Um, right. With that in mind, then, quite a big week on the pitch big game against Barrow who let's be honest are probably one foot in the playoffs already you'd think in terms of got themselves clear they probably almost iron themselves up with a top three spot um, and obviously Accrington tell me what is a successful week Jonathan for us against these two teams um, four points four draw, draw Barrow and and beat Accrington. Oh boy, that's it's tricky because Accrington are are excellent. I mean, like I said, they are. I think they believe they're third or fourth. They are without doubt one of those weird teams that I don't know how they're there, but they're there. They, in addition, have just signed. I think it's League Two top goal scorer. Is it League One? League One top goal scorer with Fleetwood, Cole Stockton, who was excellent when we played them before. They're third. Um, in terms of the form guide, pretty solid. They've got in the last, what, 15 points, they've picked up, what is it, three, six, eight out of 15, which is pretty good. Um, they seem to be quite a solid little group who, who do well. We've been heavily linked with John, with Dom Telford in the past. He's up there with them. They seem to have quite a lot of guys who have, they've got a really nice blend between really older guys and younger guys. I think for us, with the fact that we're missing a few, it's that old 18 that you don't want to lose, but two points over three, you'd rather win one and lose one than two draws, I guess. I think for me personally, it would be great to have Josh Kelly play his first home game. I think it'd be lovely to to get that moving. I'm really, really interested to see against 
two teams that are in and around us, how we're going to fare. Anything team-wise that you would expect, Jonathan, particularly against Barrow at home, what are you thinking? Are you thinking we're going to play normal team against Barrow, maybe shut up shop against Accrington? Would you spin it around and go a slightly more solid team against Barrow and then attack against Accrington? Or are we, we're Wimbledon, this is our lineup, and let's have it. I think a lot of it depends on who's fit. Okay. You know, I mean, like, let, let, like let's just take one one position, for example. I think it's fair to say that Lewis and Johnson will not be available for either one. Okay. Definitely. That's so definite. who's playing center back? Are we going to go with Balmer and Columbay? Are we going to go Balmer and Pierce? Are we going to go Brown and Balmer? Who would who would you like to do? If you had your choice and they were all available, who are you picking? And and like in in assuming Lewis and Johnson are out, who would I? Pick? Lewis and Johnson are gone. We know that they're out. We don't know about Pierce. We know Barmer's fit, Canabai's fit, Brown's fit, Ethan Sutcliffe's go, fit. I would either go Balmer and Pierce if he's fit, okay. or Balmer Balmer and Sutcliffe. I I I think Sutcliffe was the big loser in this transfer window because agreed. They, they JJ must not fancy him at this point because you had every opportunity to give the guy some minutes and we brought in more reinforcements to push him further away i i i don't know i and we haven't seen enough of sutcliffe to know but i'd like to see more of him but yeah if if, if i was doing the starting 11 i'd go balmer and pierce if pierce is available or balmer and sutcliffe if he's not yeah uh, i think balmer obviously will play and I think it's another example with with the Palace connection that we're looking for someone who can start. I think he will definitely start. Yeah. Callum, Callum Bay is so rigid. I don't know Pierce is a little bit decadent, if you like. I just wonder with Pierce whether you've got enough pace. I don't know how quick Barmer's. We've not seen him. I worry always worry about Pierce and pace. And I feel that with Pierce we play a lot deeper. And I feel like we're Stockton. And Telford are not particularly quick. Pierce is quite likes a battle. I think Stockton might be that kind of player. So I think you're right. I think I'm if if he is fit, but I'd be very surprised if Pierce can make a full ninety. Doesn't Columbay have another red card? I don't think he's eligible. I again. don't know because he missed. One. He missed after MK. He missed a game. Am I right? Well, but remember, he he had his extended, and then by, he had an, yeah by one. But I don't know. Yeah, was that if we've one... had a game between MK and the last game we had on Saturday, which is Bradford? Have we had a league game in between that? Mansfield. So I think he was not available for Mansfield. He's then done the extra game against Bradford. Bradford, and I wonder whether he's available now. That yeah. I don't know, but. I think I'd go there. I think Curry is a shoe in at left back. Yes. Og still, I think has to get. You have to give him the nod. I know I'm not. I'm a big Biller fan, but I don't think you keep a clean sheet. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, think... especially with with what we've got at centre back. I think without our best centre backs in there, I think you have put Og and Dare in it, right? Yeah, I think. I think, like you said, it's it's a you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. But if you play Curry and Biller, we can get up the pitch more. But I think that with Pierce not sitting deeper, 
and those two going. If Pearson that is not able to get up the pitch, we're just going to create an absolute vacuum of space because Pierce is not going to be able to get up. And and if he's not going to get up, the the two fullbacks will go, which then means that we're going to create absolute gaps galore that are not going to be able to be plugged by a slightly quicker player. So I think you're right. I think we're going to go on Ogondir. Obviously, Reeves is out. So I think in the middle of the pitch, it's just a, a toss-up between John Gerald Tall and Ball. Oh, I think it's Ball. With Lith- with, I agree. I think it'll be Little and Ball if we play the same formation, which I think we will. I think Boogie and Kelly are easy picks at the top. I think Boogie has been, since he's come back from the Asia Cup, I think he's been brilliant. I think he was superb against Mansfield for the first half. And the minute he went off the pitch, I think we really missed him. I think Kelly gets a free hit up top where he can just go around and get involved, which leaves us now to this winger conundrum where I think, despite him not being at his best, I think Telly has to play. And I think yep. Telly will have to go on the right. He likes the right to cut in. And I think on the left, it'll have to be Gordon, I think, if he's fit. I'm just a bit concerned though, Jonathan. And I, I think you probably spoke to you about it before. We never switch to wingers ever. Like, we never, ever go, Tilly, just go on the left for a bit. And just you guys go over on the right. It's sort of a weird one that you see a lot of other teams will switch their wingers just to go, right, I'm not getting any luck out of this bloke. Fancy have a little go and you just kind of create something different. Tilly likes to obviously go and tuck in. And that's where his major goal threat is. Um, but I think I think it's going to have to be Gordon and Tilly. I just feel really sorry for Sasson because I think he's kind of mucked about a bit. Is he going to even make the bench, though? I mean, he didn't make the bench against Bradford. I mean, well, I mean, it, it, Davison, McLean, Curtis, Pell, Zanev, Zanev, and then you talk about Brown or Kalambai potentially. Yeah, and O'Toole. I think he need. I think he need him on the bench because he can fill yeah. so many spots. So, really, like you said, so actually, when you put it in that context, no Williams. No Sasu, are two of our brightest young talents, and Sutcliffe, by the way. Yeah. Those three don't even get on the bench, which is, and we've not even mentioned Lee Brown either. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really odd one, and I don't, I, I, I feel like we're kind of there. I think that's the team. Do I see that eleven winning against Barrow? Not, not really. But at the same time, I never thought we'd beat Mansfield. And I know the red card helped us. But I felt that with Mansfield, the first half, we were we were great. I thought the second half we were poor. We got the winner. I'm delighted. Nigel Clough got the ump. That was funny. So I think I'm... But I, I don't find predicting Wimbledon games very easy because I always want us to win. But I'm, go, I'm going to... I think it's going to be a draw. I, I think you're right. I think we're going to get a, a 1-1 against Barrow. I think it will be a tough game, but I think I think last year they beat us at home. I think to be fair, um, I think we'll get one-one, and then going into Accrington, this is the other challenge: is that with you with players like Curtis, but Ball not Ball Curtis with uh, Pierce with Canabai with players who have just come back, the likelihood of them getting two games in a week is quite low, and bearing in mind we in the next couple of weeks we go. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, we then have Crawley at home, Saturday, then we've got the game on the 2nd, 
I think is that is that okay? We've got we've we basically go Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Have are we in a position where we're going to have to rotate our pack, Jonathan, or are we just going to stand firm, hope for the best that we keep all of the players and we just see where we're at, or are we going to have to be creative? I think that it depends on two things. Number one, it depends on who's fit, obviously. But the other thing is, I looking at Johnny Jackson's history, he runs out the the best team every time. Yeah, he's he's not big on holding people back or resting. He's definitely people. not a rotator, is he? And and he's also he's kind of coaching for an extension or for his next gig because you know you, we could do another full pod just on Johnny Jackson uh, yeah. and and what his status is. So I think that considering that 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 we are still within shouting distance of the playoffs. He's kind of coaching for an extension or his next gig. I think he's going to run back the best players until he can't. Yeah, I think I think that I think that's going to be an interesting one. And again, Barrow at home, Accrington's a horrible journey. It's not as bad as Barrow, but it's pretty poor. Um, I, I'm with you. I, th- I I'm not quite as confident as yourself with the four points. I think I think two is where we're at. It'd be great to win one, lose one, but. Again, it's that one-one. Where do you take? Do you take three points if you lose against Barrow? Absolutely. If you, that means you beat Accrington. I, I just feel like we're going to go back-to-back draws. In fact, we're going to go three draws in, in, on the bounce. If it will go one-one, I think Accrington will be slightly more expanded, and I think that might even be nil-nil to be honest with you. And then I think that we're going to have to have a conversation next week, or potentially debrief for you, about how we change our, our teams up, but. It, 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 it's definitely, and I don't know how you feel, Jonathan, but the fact that we're talking about potentially being in the top seven, eight, nine, ten is such a better conversation than being in the bottom yes. three or four. And some of the times when we watched it last year, it was like, oh my God, like, could we actually lose this game? Yep. And it's been quite an interesting one, which is why I, I have got full admiration for fans who have been around for the last sort of decade. You've literally just turned up while we've been really struggling, poor, <laughs> out of form. Some of the games have been horrendous, and yet you've stuck through it. Whereas, obviously, some of us have been around for donkey's years, and we're kind of married into it, if you like. Um, I'm, I'm going to go uh, nil-nil draw with Barrow and two-one victory against Akron. I see. Yes, that is that would put us in a really, really good place. I'm going to go for one-one um, again. I'm going to go one-one and nil-nil. Um, which is incredibly unexciting, but I think it, that may that may be us for a bit while we kind of integrate and work out where we're at. Um, anyway, I digress. Jonathan, thank you ever so much for oh, holding on there for adding input. You are without doubt one of the uh, the OGs, if you like, from <laughs> um, the debrief. A big, big shout out to our sponsors, uh, Season Master, who are doing amazing work. Please get in touch with them if you want anything to do with your bifold doors or just you want to chat and have a laugh. Um, we will be back next week. Lee will get over his uh, COVID, his illness, his Guinness, etc. Um, and we'll be back, hopefully, with uh, three, four, six points. Um, but from me and from Jonathan, come on, you dance. Come on, you dance. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.